podcast where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting firehose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week we begin by venting about the news, we'll go deep on one important issue, call out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You, and then we'll end with something hopeful. And just a reminder, if you're enjoying us, to rate, review, subscribe, recommend us. It really helps other people discover us. And we always welcome feedback um, or communication via our social media, FWM Podcast on Twitter and Facebook, and Feminists Without Mystique on Instagram. And you can support us on Ko-fi. <sighs> and we are recording on a Wednesday morning. And we are tired before work it's a little hump day morning uh morning vibe we're doing we're up before the sun Mm. Mm. good thing we shine so bright (laughs) shine bright like a diamond that's us we're a couple of diamonds in the rough over here um yeah yeah Mm -hmm. a few a few little things to chitter chatter about um Mm -hmm. before we dive into the main top top um Gosh, where to begin? Um, Britney Spears, of course, as if there are any other. <laughs> as if there's a single other important Britney. <laughs> Sorry, Britneys. <laughs> there, are plenty of, there are plenty of important Britneys. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Britney Spears is engaged to her longtime boyfriend. Um, and then she went off Instagram and people were like, ah, but she tweeted and she's like, I'm fine. I'm just taking a break from social media to like celebrate my engagement. Um, first impressions. I'm very happy for her. I know it's something she wanted. A lot of people, um, including <laughs> Octavia Spencer and the Instagram comments yeah. are telling her to get a prenup. Um, yeah. Which I think is, um, I think it's a, a fair recommendation. I think I, I don't have any, reasons to mistrust sam her fiance but she's just been through so much that you just want her to to protect herself just just in case but i hope that they'll be happy um forever he's certainly very hot (laughs) (laughs) that's not where i thought you were going (laughs) his bot i mean yeah he's um he's he's aesthetically um pleasing for sure yeah. And he's an actor. Um, what has he acted in, just out of curiosity? He's, I don't know. I'm not. What's his IMDb? I go to his Insta. I'm not looking at it. <laughs> um, he's on, I think he's on like an HBO series or something. Okay. Um, well. But he's just sort of, you know, I, I hope, I hope for the best for those two crazy kids. And they've been together since 2016, right? Like, so it's, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while, and I wonder if she's gonna if they're gonna have bebés because I know she wants to have more bebés. Um, yeah. So they'd have very pretty babies, um, but good for good for her. Be careful. Yeah. Um, but if Brett's happy, we're all happy. <laughs> yeah, and her conservatorship looks like it is likely gonna be terminated hopefully soon um her father uh filed a petition to terminate her conservatorship signaling basically that this is the beginning of the end of this long legal battle of like or long 
long period of 13 fucking years that she's been under his like direct emotional financial like physical in some ways control yeah she can paint Um, her own fucking cabinets now yeah so yeah i just hope she's i hope she's okay that was so funny also sam her um fiance's like response um to i think it was octavia spencer or maybe whoever he was like he had like laugh cry emojis and he was like yeah i'll definitely want to sign get that prenup for <laughs> to protect my jeep and my shoe collection or something <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he like, seemed, like he seems he seems pleasant enough you know yeah i was um, like i laughed and then i wanted to be like but seriously sir yeah but <laughs> she needs to be protected at all costs yeah <laughs> um, we're, we're, we're happy for her finally get i mean yeah i'm glad she's gonna be getting out of the conservatorship it seems finally but imagine if she got this it seems like a lot of it has to do with her new representation yes i think a lot of that had to do with the publicity that and the changing public opinion so i wish that we'd gotten our shit together earlier and who you know Britney yes. could have been freed earlier, but it does look like we're going to have a, a free Britney. Yeah, it really. Uh, we're going to have a free Brit- free Britney, and that's going to be great. Um, all right, Olivia Munn and John Mulaney. As soon as we recorded, and I'd like to point out, you even refreshed your like. We were about to record. It was Tuesday evening. You were like, "Is there any confirmation?" And then what ha- What do I wake up to bright and early in the morning? Uh, John Mulaney was on Seth Meyers as we were recording, just confirming, giving course. us content, content, content. Such content. Uh, Mulaney Lanes. Um, <laughs> she is pregnant. <laughs> she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. That's confirmed. And she's pregnant with his baby as far yes. as we know. <laughs> there's there's no reason to suspect otherwise that was so unnecessarily (laughs) shady not need to do that (laughs) she's shady in the mornings she's shady the sun isn't out and neither are my goodwill vibes i guess (laughs) yeah she is she is uh pregnant with his his offspring and he's pleased about it um he went over uh kind of like his timeline of you know rehab and getting a divorce and meeting re-meeting olivia because they met in 2015 in a wedding not like he was married then you know mm-hmm. she was crushing but nothing nothing happened then um and he's i mean it's it sounds like he really credits olivia with helping him keep his shit together and had nothing but good things to say it's like i'm i do i feel i do feel for him you know um mm-hmm. and addiction and everything he's he's struggled with it's just um not to step out of my my bounds since i'm not his um his therapist but she's stepping she's stepping she's stepping um you know generally when people are that soon out of recovery it's not like the best idea to like make lifelong commitments and like have children and get married and stuff but i mean it's a it's a wild world maybe it'll work out and it'll bring him um and her and everyone joy and that'll be that'll be great you know i still have a i still have a a, not a great feeling about the whole thing but that doesn't really matter um and i do i do hope for the best you know for everyone involved including anna his ex-wife 
yeah um, looks like she's got like an art show coming up and um i, I hope she she does well because that wouldn't be easy that soon after yeah. a divorce that seems like it kind of blindsided her to find out your um ex is marrying someone and and got them pregnant um yeah, someone who was kind of thirsting after your husband, like, quite yeah. publicly for a while. Yeah, so, like, listen to Olivia Rodrigo on loop, and, um, yeah, I don't know, it's, watching the interview, it's like I, it's like I was never rooting against John Mulaney, and it's like, I, I do, I have empathy for him, it's just sort of like, uh, is this a good, are you making good choices? I don't know, but I, I do, I do hope for the best, and who, who what am I, who am I, what am I, <laughs> you know? I know. I'm just like, but with that whole very real, who am I? What am I? Caveat. I'm, I'm, it's tough because, because he is like in a string, like we talked about, he's like in this category of comedians um, who a lot of people love and trust and like really felt seen by and heard by. And like, just, he's like a constant font of references for me and my family and for like, you know, just so many people, um, you know, he, like, it's disappointing when there's something like this where it just feels like, and it's sort of, it's tough because it's, it's, it is unfortunately like, yeah, it's inextricable inextricably like linked with his his um addiction issues mental health stuff there's a lot of things that I like you say like totally empathize with and when it first came out that he was going to rehab it was like oh my gosh I hope he's okay I'm so glad he's getting the help he needs which I still fully I hope he's okay I hope he's getting the help he needs and I hope the Olivia Munn marriage is something that we look back like and it's sort of like you know Oh, that was that actually it was kind of a crazy, crazy, rocky, weird start. But they, you know, ultimately she was there for him and it was a good thing and their kid and blah, blah, blah. Um, But yeah, in this moment, it's just. It's just difficult and it just has to be like, I mean, (laughs) many people have felt the need to just name that this like feels really off Um, and it almost feels like he's still in the middle of it, like his interview with Seth Meyers, Seth Meyers seemed so uncomfortable. Um, and like, just, I mean, they both seemed super uncomfortable and I just felt like watching it. I felt sad for him and like, but I also felt a little annoyed that he basically only gestured at like one reference. And he said like my ex-wife, which seemed so harsh coming out of his mouth. I almost was like, wow, you're not even like, not like, yeah, I don't know. The way that he said it just was so um, harsh. And so this is just a ramble to say the caveat is like permanently there, which is that it's so none of our business and like, just don't know what happened. And maybe he's going to like come out with some jokes that are like, turns out, oops she was like really not supportive and then I'm just gonna be like well shit <laughs> like yeah that's, that's like potentially he was in like a toxic awful relationship with her <laughs> and we just like decided it was great you we know? decided who yeah. are we um so yeah wish him the best it seemed like he was still like again I'm not <laughs> I don't 
<laughs> I don't know the man. Um, but it seemed like he was still like in recovery. Um, yeah. And, you know, hurting and figuring shit out. Um, but genuinely from the bottom of my heart, wish him the best. Um, just we just have our feelings, okay? We have our feelings. We do. Valid or not. <laughs> As we so many people though, I felt very it felt like, oh the god, like the internet is like pretty much all on the same page here, except for like some Olivia Munn's dance, which was like, who are you guys? Anyway. The monsters. Um, the monsters. I can't. Why? How do I just continue to make little jabs at her? It's really like, wow, Maria. I should really. I should explore that. Another day. A different day. <laughs> not not uh, in this space to confirm, <laughs> clarify. Okay. Okay. Um. All right. AOC wore a dress to the Met Gala. Batch. <laughs> <laughs> And people have opinions. Um, we actually like went, we took to Twitter and Instagram just to kind of get a sense of like what our followers sort of felt. And from the quick Instagram poll, so scientific, very Science. much research based. Um, was I, I just said like, you know, we posted our DMs are open, you know, people have opinions, blah, blah, blah. The question the question on Instagram was, was this a good idea? Yes, people voted yes, 81% to 19% no. Um, so that was kind of an interesting, some interesting feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the comments that we got from people, um, most of them were just like, yeah, what the fuck is the problem? You know, some um, scared media said, I love the dress. AOC is nothing if not consistent in her message. Even though she has money, um, now she's advocating for taxing the rich. I also love that she's surrounded by obscenely wealthy people and gives no fucks about the possibility of offending their delicate sensibilities with the idea that they should pay their their fucking share. Deep into history said, it is the equivalent of taking out a Super Bowl ad with that message for free. Brava. Um, and then on Twitter, tweetskers. Um, we had a couple of people say, so civics and coffee said, not knowing much about the Met Gala, my potentially ignorant question is what's the problem? She wore a dress to make a statement she believes in. Isn't that, um, what people said about the singer who wore the Trump dress to the Grammys? Um, and yeah, so those are just like a few things people, people were saying. Um, another said like, yeah, I don't, I don't see what the big deal is via DM, and I feel like my perspective <laughs> was summed up, and I posted this on Twitter, by Lee Sova Claypool, who said, putting tax the rich on a pretty dress that a bazillion people will see is good, actually, especially when the person wear- wearing said pretty dress also puts in the fucking work every day to make it happen. Like, for crying out loud, what are we even doing right now? I'm so tired. That's the thing is, like, it would be one thing if, like, she wasn't like pretty fucking consistent in her work you know like she's been pretty Mm -hmm. consistent since day one um and advocating for these things um she was she didn't pay the dress was free her invite was free um and people like oh she's with all these rich elites and it's like yeah wearing a dress that says tax the rich you know like i don't right why are we why are we so um upset about this and there were you know there are other politicians there um 
and it's just like why why do we need to come for her for this it's just it's tough because it's like people on the right of course hate her um and then she's held to like such a such a standard by the left Mm -hmm. um by some you know like a, a bernie bro subset that it's like oh she's you know phony going to the met gala like what why is she this is consistent with what she's been doing in this whole time right like if i got an invite to the met gala <laughs> I, I would go you know <laughs> um also interesting sidebar that it's like there are a lot of like influencers and youtube people there which i guess are like the artists of our generation mm-hmm. um but that's a sidebar um but yeah it's like aoc's been doing the work this whole time so why are we why you know right why leave her be right like my my first first reaction when i saw the dress well the first reaction was is this photoshopped because i really was like this is just sort of it cognitively was like not computing it's just I mean it was just kind of like oh like AOC in a beautiful dress is this someone photoshop and the tax the rich like almost looked like it was photoshopped so but the second immediate thought was like a pit in my stomach because I felt like okay undeniably and she knows this you have like gift wrapped your haters of which there are many on both sides because people are just people love to hate her um you know you've gift wrapped them like a and a with a bow um a criticism that they can say that you're hypocritical, that you're going to an expensive, you know, expensive ball in a ball gown. And, you know, there's all these things that, and they can, and they can basically try to also say like, oh, well, the tickets cost 35,000 a plate and like, blah, blah, blah. Even though, like you said, and I am glad that you um, were able to figure out she hadn't paid for it. I, um, that was on my list of things to sort of Google, but I was pretty sure when public officials like get invited to these things and she is, you know, she represents some parts of Manhattan and the Bronx. um, She like, wouldn't, you know, it makes sense that she would be invited as, as a public figure and a public representative and the Met is a cultural institution, as she said, but also she's, she, so, and, and it, it, the dress had the, I think, the intended effect. She knew people were going to criticize her, but that she blasted this message out to the world at one of the most, like, notoriously glitzy events um, in, you know, American cultural, um, I don't know, understanding. Um, but she also was platforming um, a sustainably focused Black woman immigrant designer, um, she talked about that. Um, who's um, this woman, Aurora James, started um, at a flea market in Brooklyn, um, and so uh, and has has herself, the designer, has been super focused on um, sustainability and economic equality. So um, there there wasn't a lot of there there in terms of like, okay, she didn't pay, she didn't pay for the ticket. She's platforming someone who she. Um, can care about in this woman's dress. I mean, this woman is now going to be sought after and her name just like skyrocketed to the top of everyone's like Google list. Um, also she, you know, yeah. Uh, the whole conversation basically is, is I felt like it was instantly tired, you know? And I also felt like a lot of the people who were criticizing her were 
the Bernie of the Bernie bro variety where like, first of all, there's like definitely misogyny and she's talked about that. Like she, she, everyone has opinions on like, she just, she knows how to like, she, she dresses well. She's very pretty. She wears like, she, she knows how to put on her makeup and like, she just is a, a wonderful, a wonderfully consistent and, um, kind of like whip smart, woman in politics who stays consistent with her goals and that bothers a lot of people. Um, and I noticed, and I, I, um, I think we, she did respond, I guess, either this morning about, you know, criticisms. Um, and it was a long, she was, she made a long response on Instagram that I won't read, but, um, I think that it was, uh, it's totally valid. She said, I thought about criticism, but honestly, my body, um, honestly, I and my body have been so heavily and relentlessly policed from all corners politically since the moment I won my election that it's kind of become expected and normalized. Um, and our culture is deeply disdainful and unsupportive of women, especially women of color and working class women and LGBTQ immigrant, et cetera, from the bottom up, whether it's lack of childcare or especially um, pillaring women and femme people. So, the more intersections one has, the deeper the disdain. I think that that's all she's getting at something super, so real. Um, and then just on a very basic, why can't, I mean, there's this meme that's pretty simplistic and I definitely, I try not to engage with people on Twitter, but I did respond with that, um, that meme where it's like from, you know, someone saying we should improve society somewhat. And then there's some like little shit boy who like is like looking over the fence with like a patronizing smile. And he's like, yet you participate in society. Curious. I am very intelligent. You know, it feels kind of like that. Like, ooh, you caught her. She's going to a like New York social event as a prominent New York politician. (laughs) Like, wow. Very insightful. (laughs) The thing is, like, if Bernie went in some, like, tuxedo that said tax the rich, his fans would be, like, the memes that would come out of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's so cool. Get it. Here he is in the chair with, like, from the yeah. inauguration. Like, yeah, standing next to it. fancy Bernie. Look, he's in a chair. Look, there's a bird. Like, <laughs> they would, it's, it would not have been... Yeah, because it's like he, I feel like men get these um, cult followings where they can do no wrong, whereas women, it's like, test, test me, you know, like if you, if there's something that can possibly be perceived one way, um, then sorry, ladies. It's going to go that way. I, I would also like to point out that she never, there are like no other instances that I can think of where she's like wearing like a a hugely fancy dress or, and by the way, she's not like keeping that dress, but yeah, I I just, it's um, super frustrating to me that this is uh, the conversation and that we can't let this woman who against all odds, like in 2018 became a Congresswoman and beat the, um, you know, five time incumbent popular guy um, and has, tirelessly advocated for the things that like collectively a lot of the people who are criticizing her want (laughs) she's tirelessly an advocate for those people 
can we all just like focus on the people who like really suck let's just do that that would be great <laughs> and tax the rich man tax the rich <laughs> um other i mean yeah gavin newsom um not being recalled that's good uh yeah Phew. i felt like it would go that way but it was a little nervy nerve because my little my uh <laughs> my hometown uh cal cal can be a very fucking bizarre place you know it's, yeah it's so i was nervous not gonna lie there's a a mix there's a mix of vibes in in california because it's like theoretically i mean it is a blue state and it's liberal but then it's like you have when you know there are mask mandates and stuff you have people being like but wait right in southern california and i'm entitled to do whatever i want at any (laughs) point in time because it's nice all year um so there was also like yeah there was that lingering question of like okay this is why i thought this is why i was nervous like instantly because it was giving me trump vibes it was giving me brexit vibes it was giving me like oh this can't happen that would be awful wouldn't it and it's like oh great like let's not ask that question because that means that like might happen and then people were like "Ooh, um you know diane feinstein if she either retires or like passes away you know the next governor will be able to appoint a senator from california and i just Mm -hmm. thought that is like I can see that like a like a train wreck from a mile away. Like we're gonna get a Republican who gets to appoint a Republican from California. Like, uh. so that was like that was what was on the line. So I'm glad that I mean Gavin Newsom. I hope he I hope he did get a the like you know I hope he got scared and chastened. And it's mm-hmm. time for him to be a better representative. Like no more French laundry during pandemic. <laughs> you fucking guy. I mean yeah, I yeah. that lesson. Yeah. No, I'm very I'm very pleased that. Because it, it, yeah, it could it could have been really bad, and it's not like we've never had we they've never had a Republican before. Looking mm-hmm. at you, Arnold. Yeah, <laughs> Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger, who's a pretty he's as far as people go, he's not the worst. Yeah, um, at least he has like morality. Yeah. But, um, anyway, I digress. I'm not here <laughs> to talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> or Gavi Gav for much uh, longer. <laughs> Gavin, just get it, Gavin, just get it together. Gavin. All right. Well, I think yeah, that was. We just had a ton of like things that we had to address. Basically, we the had to that needed required we needed to address. <laughs> otherwise, oh my goodness, what would have happened? What would have there happened? Would have been revolts in the streets. Absolutely, the <laughs> uprising against us would have been. They didn't talk about Olivia Munn. Um. So settle down. We did it. <laughs> Um, and now moving on to our main topic, um, we're gonna be talking about toxic positivity, talking a little bit about manifestation. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I want to start with a caveat because I don't, I don't want to upset a lot of people because a lot of people, um, there are plenty of people who are into this shit. Mm-hmm. If something helps you or if you're into it, that's cool. Just don't like push it on others. It's just mm-hmm. where I'm going to start with, but, um, there's a I don't know where they pulled this from I have a whole I have a bunch of notes but um just like anything done in excess when positivity is used to cover up or silence the human experience it becomes toxic um so when we talk about toxic positivity it's basically when someone is denied their the reality of their experience if it's not positive you know it's like if you're talking to someone and you're, you know, venting or just expressing 
negative feelings about a situation like oh i'm i'm upset because i lost my job or i'm sad because this relationship ended or you know whatever the other person is just like it's fine or everything happens for a reason my personal favorite Mm -hmm. um and it's it's completely it's dismissive it's shitty and um there is research to back up that it's bad and it doesn't help anybody either Mm -hmm. um it's shown research has shown that when you accept negative emotions rather than avoid or dismiss them it's actually beneficial for your mental health in the long run Mm -hmm. um people who habitually avoid acknowledging challenging emotions end up feeling worse um because the thing is bad (laughs) bad shit happens and people naturally have shitty feelings about shitty things and when you deny those or when others deny those um you know on your behalf then you're more likely to suffer from anxiety depression and even physical illness Mm. um it's basically you know like feelings get buried in your body and when you suppress your emotions it manifests later manifests (laughs) (laughs) yeah in these um in these uh shitty shitty things and it's like you can be positive you can be optimistic and still feel sad sometimes mm-hmm. you know it's like you can be sad and still look forward to the future you can you know there are there's nuance and when people um just deny you your experiences it is extremely frustrating and also causes people who if people who are trying to express themselves um genuinely if they're met with toxic positivity it hurts them um Mm -hmm. so it's not just the person who's like pretending like everything's great who gets negatively impacted by doing that it's the people around them because then you're taught okay i can't really speak my truth because that's what i'm going to be met with and it's just the privilege the privilege to have those viewpoints and um put them on other people is just uh, something else you know it's like because you think about things like um you know if you're living in poverty or if you know somebody you love died or mm-hmm. um you know you're in any group that is marginalized having people tell you to just like look on the bright side um everything happens for a reason da, 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 da. it just it assigns this blame um to people for what they're going through as if there's something wrong with you for not you know for not just uh celebrating at every moment of life you know? mm-hmm. yeah bananas yeah it's sort of fundamentally like gets at this understanding that you're not being heard or seen or listened to in a real way your feelings aren't being aren't actually even being acknowledged really because if you if you are met with someone basically like ping-ponging to po- toxic positivity or to positivity which is in in itself just toxic in the in situation um you it probably like it leads to further isolation and alienation because then you're thinking like why would I bother to be honest with these people, friends that I'm, you know, that I'm confiding in or family members, you know, because I don't like what I definitely don't need is to be met with some sort of like superficial, even if it is like well-meaning, some sort of superficial suggestions about 
ways that I can become more positive. Um, you know, I think that there's, there's certainly a time and place for suggesting like, but for suggesting things that might help someone move through grief or depression or anxiety. Um, but that kind of has to be, uh, that has to be after you've like felt your feelings. Um, and also an understanding that feeling those feelings can be a totally like it is an ongoing process. I mean, if it's grief, it's like a lifetime thing to manage. Um, so sorry if other people's grief or depression is like inconvenient or, you know, reacting to things is inconvenient to the, the person who's receiving it. But, um, yeah, it's, it's tricky, I think, especially with 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 all the social media that we see daily. You know, it's like we're getting you're getting Instagram like blasted from Instagram about all these ways in which you could be living like your life in this like incredibly cute way and like all these different things to consider. Did you think about this quote? Did you think about like how put it in perspective and like here's a cute like little graphic to think about perspective, um, you know, so there's. And then, and then on top of all that, yeah, I mean, there, there are, yeah, we're just getting a lot of messaging um, that is, spoiler alert, not nuanced, not very, like, thought through. And ultimately, the it's the exact opposite of what it's trying to be, which is it's trying to be compassionate. It thinks it's being compassionate. Mm-hmm. It thinks it's being helpful and bright. And so really, naive. it's pushing you. It's, it's not, it's not compassionate. It's dark and it pushes you further. It pushes like the viewer, the listener, um, the person suffering further into, I think, a dark place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And there was actually this study where they um, divided participants into two groups and they were shown uh, what it's described as disturbing medical procedure films. Um, sounds like a fun study to participate yeah. in. And their stress responses were measured. So they measured things like heart rate, um, sweat production, people dilation. And one group was asked that while they watch the videos that they can let their emotions show. And the other group was asked to act as if like, everything's great. Nothing's bothering them. I love watching this. This is great. Mm. Everything's great. And the participants who suppressed their emotions had significantly more physiological arousal. So Mm. while they were attempting to appear cool, calm, and collected on the inside, they were erupting. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's helpful and this is this is just one example of a study um and it's suppressing your emotions acting as if everything's fine when it's not isn't like faking it till you make it isn't doesn't apply in this situation you know mm-hmm. it just makes you feel worse um so it's just it doesn't help anybody yeah. and whenever anyone um Whenever anyone says something like, oh, everything happens for a reason, I immediately just think, this is a naive, (laughs) this is a naive person who either hasn't been through shit or who is going to erupt at some point in life because it's not, you can't, you can't deny the reality of the human experience for your entire life without there being some sort of consequences. And um, like I said, you can be an optimistic, positive person, but when you you cross the line when you're dismissing um, any negative emotion or, you know, when you're meeting someone's um, sorrow or anger or frustration with like a, 
it's all good. Mm -hmm. No, it's not. And you've just ended the conversation there. Mm -hmm. Um, You're not providing anything helpful to anybody. So just keep your fucking mouth shut. (laughs) (laughs) That's just, that's my goat. It's always just gotten my fucking goat. Yeah, it's totally understandable. It's, uh, you know, because you're, you're trafficking, people are trafficking in platitudes and it's mm-hmm. shallow and it's, it's so shallow and they're acting like it's so deep and it's like, nah, man, it's not, yeah. you're being foolish. Right. Right. It's so funny too. Fools. <laughs> you fools. Like we talked about how, I mean, in when we were both on OkCupid, how annoying the question was like, would you rather have good things happen to you or interesting things? Uh, That was like a deal breaker question for me when people said interesting. Me too. I weighted it like pretty heavily. Like you need Mm -hmm. to say good because if like that means that you've only, that to me it indicates a toxic positivity thoughtlessness. Like you haven't thought about good versus interesting. Like you've said this before, like interesting things can be good. But mm. like good is good and good interesting. Is good. You don't want <laughs> bad things to happen. That's like so the fact that you would just be like, mm, interesting is like Yeah. Like, mm. Oh, you're so like you you think it makes you look like interest it makes you look interesting or edgy or like deep. But it just yeah, it doesn't. It just makes you look like a naive fool. <laughs> <laughs> fools, like, fools, fools. <laughs> ugh. What is like the best, I, but I also don't know what exactly the best advice is to someone who, because I think first and foremost, people who do this need to understand that they do it and have a, at least a general awareness that like, this is something that I default to in terms of like feedback that I give to people, family or friends, or like, this is where I go and what can I do to be like, to not just knee jerk go to this place of po- like trying to push positivity on someone who's obviously suffering or who wants to like be in a deeper relationship with me in that moment. Like, you know, what, what, like, how do you basically like stop that thought pr- pattern from, from manifesting <laughs> in real life? <laughs> I know. And it's tough. Cause I think there's an, I think some people have the instinct to like, oh, I want to make this better. I want to smooth this over or I'm uncomfortable. I want this to end. So I'm just going to say this, (laughs) (laughs) this thing I read over a picture of a sunset. Um, (laughs) But I mean, I think sometimes you just have to like listen or sit in discomfort or, you know, ask questions or just validate someone's experience. Right. Um, But unless someone's explicitly asking you for advice and even if they are, your advice shouldn't be just just be positive, you know, and just mad about it, you know? Um, I think it's, you know, you just want to focus on actually hearing the other person and putting down your little binder of platitudes. Right. Um, because it's, it's not, uh, it's not helpful. And like, I feel like, and I understand, you know, I, I get why people go there. Um, if, you know, you, <laughs> I think a lot of, probably some of the people who, practice toxic positivity have their own fucking issues that Mm -hmm. they don't want to deal with right um but like go deal with it or (laughs) keep keep it to yourself um 
and like I see why manifestation has like reemerged as such a thing, especially in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. It's very attractive to think that in a world where you don't have very much control, you can just kind of will things into being. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an old, it's like the law of attraction, which basically is like the what you want is going to come true if you think positively enough and envision it enough and all that stuff. Um, and that's back from like the 19th century. And then in 2006, The Secret came out. Mm. Um, oh god which is a bestseller more than 30 million copies um is that the one with a little present like on the cover or like anyway continue sorry may i don't know i haven't read it i don't i haven't learned i haven't learned the secret clearly um but it's basically saying that you know manifestation is bringing something tangible into your life through attraction and belief um and like oh it was you know oprah was um peddling it and other people, um, and it's gotten, like I said, like in the the age of the pandemic, it's gotten popular, which I can understand because we all just want, <laughs> we want some control. We want, we want things to be better. And it's the idea, there's like a, there is a part of it that's like, I think if you're focused on, if you're, if you're just will, trying to will something into being, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. If you're actually, but I can understand how if you're focusing on something that you want mm-hmm. and taking actions toward it, mm-hmm. then you're more likely to achieve it because right. you're, you know, you're focusing on it, you're making a goal and you're putting work into it. But I think the dangerous part is this idea that you can just, if you're just positive enough and you just really think about something in the right way, you have your vision boards that it's just going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, because it doesn't, um, <laughs> right. That's not how, that's not how it works. Um, but at the same time, it's like another privileged thing where if you're, you know, spouting this like manifestation shit to other people, it's like, you can't just manifest whatever you want. And it's again, like with the toxic positivity where there are some situations that it's not like people just don't want to get out of them or they don't think about um getting out of them or they don't take steps towards trying to get out of them it's just sort of this like people it's it's just inherently I feel like privileged um to be sort of spreading the the word of manifestation which is again not to say that you shouldn't um that focusing on something that you really want and you know, making a plan around it and mm-hmm. putting steps toward it, that that's not helpful because I'm, I'm sure it is. But manifestation, it also just kind of places the, um, it places like the burden on people when things aren't going well, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you know, I guess you weren't really trying to manifest it because if you were, then this wouldn't have happened and that wouldn't have happened. It's just, it's a weird, it's a weird vibe. And again, it's like, if it's something, if something from, the secret helps you in your life, you know, helps if a vision board helps motivate you to put steps forward towards the things you want. Like that is great. But like the, when I think it's like when people push it on other people um, or act as if it's like the be all end all is when it's dangerous because you can't, you know, it's, you can't manifest things into, into being. Um, And it can be harmful for people with anxiety people with intrusive thoughts because if you're preoccupied with something bad happening um, Mm -hmm. 
and it happens and it's like did i manifest that um Mm -hmm. it's a it's a slippery slope um where it also just yeah it, it assigns like it assigns blame to people in shitty situations and also acts as if like oh well if you achieve that it's because you you know good good thinking you know i don't know it's just it just feels like modern day snake oil and Mm -hmm. again i get why it's everywhere right now because we just want we want things to be better yeah Um, and you know I, i get it but um you can't sit there and act as if you've manifested you know things that other people just can't um achieve due to barriers that they have that they did not create you know right you can't manifest college like if you don't have money or access to an like loans or access to a college counselor who can help direct you to loan like there's so many right like and manifesting is different from reframing you know Mm -hmm. like reframing trying to think about things that are happening in your life from a different perspective that is that is not what we're talking about you know totally Uh, like and I feel like one another like or like one really good example of how manifesting and toxic positivity are just have 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 drawn me driven me absolutely insane and made me really grumpy with whoever I was talking to would be throughout my 20s and early 30s when it came to dating um and people trying to basically like people's advice like just use this little piece of advice generally if someone's talking to you about their their dating life and it's not going well and they're upset like n- no advice unless it's asked for directly because like chances are they've already thought of everything they're trying they're not finding like the person that they want to find in the world and it's deeply deeply unsettling and it affects like every element of their you know lives i think i think i can like i know that there are friends of mine right now that are really really suffering like at, like through the pandemic and through everything by not having um, a partner that they can, that they love and and rely on. And it's devastating to watch or to hear about and to like, and there's no way that I would, I mean, I can't imagine being like, well, like, have you tried this? Like, what about going to a meetup? Have you tried like manifesting this person and like thinking, you know, it's sort of like, that is so disrespectful. People, people are trying and like, and especially with something as squidgy as dating, like, and how, how just every single time you put yourself out there, it takes like every ounce of resolve and like steeliness and, and talk about, you know, manifesting going the wrong way. If you think like, oh, I thought it was going to be bad and then it was bad. So, you know, like, like how, how that's not helpful. Like, you know, and when you do have a bad experience, which like I think you and I can both can both speak to, like we've had bad bad dating experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing you want to hear from someone is like some sort of like 
ill thought out suggestion or comment that basically just shows that they don't really want to engage with like kind of what your reality is and what your mindset is on there. So I feel like dating is definitely one place where you could just think, "Mm, do I have something like empathetic to contribute or like maybe I should contribute just the sentence like, I'm sorry that I'm really sorry that's happening to you. Mm-hmm. And then silence. <laughs> like, Yeah, that would be, that would be great. Um, and one interesting thing that I came across, I didn't even realize is that positive visualization, um, which I've heard good things about, had never researched oftentimes backfires and has the opposite effect for people who are positively visualizing things. Like for instance, um, a group of people taking a test, the people who were positively visualizing did worse than wow. the other people. Um, and there were several examples in the study and the, the rationale or the, why the researchers thought this was because sometimes when you, if you rely on positive visualization, you're not actually doing the work, you know, mm-hmm. it has to be in, in tandem with, um, doing something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so it's just like, just visualize it. Just You can't just visualize it because according to science, um, you're going to be worse off than if you're not doing fucking anything. So visualization <laughs> in addition to, uh, in addition to other stuff is great. Yeah. Um, and that was something that was surprising to me. I would have expected there to be a, a positive, you know, link with that, but it would yeah. be interesting to see if in combination with taking certain steps, you know, what the inco- the outcome was, but. I mean, at the end of the day, the best way to achieve your goals is to break down your goals into uh, manageable steps and just start doing them, which is easier said than done. And there's all the privilege in that. Like, do you have, are you mentally well enough to even do that? What are your goals? Do you have access to your, you know? Yeah. um, We we don't live in a world where there's an even playing field um, and there's not this one size fits all approach to anything. Right. yeah, just just never tell someone everything happens for a reason when they're going through something because then it's just like, well, what's the reason then for this? Why yeah. did it happen to you and it's happening to me? You know, it's just it's very uh, shitty. That's something I got a lot when my mom died, and it, I just was like, I don't. Do people realize like yeah. what they're saying? And then you, it, it's just so, it's such a common, um, it's such a common and accepted thing to say to someone, but it's really. Um, insensitive and shitty and foolish yeah foolish i'd say it's the word of the day yes it's foolish insensitive thoughtless you're so right and it's like there's i think the phrase is like when people talk about success being a combination of luck and preparedness neither one of those two things is manifestation Um, like luck is something that's important to acknowledge in success because it is for everyone. There is like an element of like being in the right place, at the right time, knowing the right people, being connected to the right people. Like when you put yourself out there, something connects at some point. Preparedness is hard work. Preparedness is research and work and time and effort and whatever else needs to go into success. But both of those elements, success, I mean, um, preparedness and luck, like they do not jive with like manifesting. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely not. And like again, if there are aspects of manifestation that you 
enjoy um, or that help motivate you to take steps, go nuts, you know, Mm -hmm. just don't put that on other people. Um, And think, you know, and like, think about what you're doing and why you're doing it. And like, if it is actually healthy um, for you, but I do, like I said, I think that there are, it can be helpful and motivating to, to people to use aspects of it as part of like achieving their goals, but don't right. act as if, yeah, you've got, you've got the secret, the cure all. And, you know, cause it doesn't, we're all different humans with different life experiences. Mm-hmm. And um, most people can't just will their ways into most situations. Yes, exactly. So, so well said. Just be cool. You guys <laughs> be cool. Yeah. Keep it all in mind as you're scrolling through Instagram and TikTok. Mm-hmm. If you're struggling and you're feeling like, what's wrong with me? It's like, nope, nope. You're experiencing something that is exacerbated by the mm-hmm. these trends on social the social meds. <laughs> yep. Everyone has negative feelings sometimes when people who act like they don't are gonna explode at some point. So yeah. <laughs> you're entitled to your fee-fees, whatever they may be. Yes. <sighs> And now for we see you. All right. This what I read when I read this, I was like, am I, is this okay? This is what happened. Mm. Um, so a woman um, was shopping at the grocery store um, and she felt this sharp pain in her, in her buttock basically. And she turned around and she thought maybe she'd been burned with a cigarette or something. And she saw this dude this white man um who said yeah it felt like a bee sting didn't it um and then she you know she goes home and she finds like on her on her butt basically where this thing happened there the there was an area of redness that was growing bad things were happening it was really painful she went and got checked out and um and they found the guy because the security footage and he had all of these syringes of his semen <gasps> and he is he has apparently been going around injecting his semen into women oh um, my god which isn't something that has even ever crossed my mind <laughs> as a possibility <laughs> um and he yeah he had just like all in his car he had like syringes of his jizz in his home Ooh. Um, it's unclear how many people he has done this to, but it is a thing he has been doing. Um, his name is oh. Thomas Steeman. Oh, like, no. I know. It's too much. Yeah. But thankfully, um, he was um, found and charged with assault. Um, oh. And he apparently... Uh, made contact with but he wasn't able to successfully complete his fucked up semen assault to a 17 year old in that same supermarket oh my god um so he was sentenced to 10 years in jail um but i just uh, don't you know i mean oh we see you to thomas and just the ways in which very creative ways to assault women um oh my god i I, you know it's like i don't have any (laughs) 
I can't promise much, but I can say that later when I go to the grocery store, like I will be thinking about this. Yeah, that was my goal. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's it's something like how fucking traumatic to we think we know all the ways to that. You know, I still look under my car when I'm, you know, because you grew up and you heard, oh, they'll hide under your car and like slit your ankles. Um, I still carry my keys in between my fingers. And it's just like now, now what do you men, are, do men are out there like stabbing you with their semen. Like he obviously has um, issues to deal with, but a lot of us do. And it doesn't result in us injecting semen into people. Um, yeah. Yep. So yeah we we see you um Ew. awful no. um men please stop doing we stop doing that uh we don't yeah let's 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 not think of new ways to assault women let's try and stop yeah and not you know like you know what i haven't done yeah no we see you disgusting Ugh. god i hate that yep Okay, well, my We See You um, came from Shannon Watts, who's a gun safety advocate, um, I think with Everytown. Um, She she drew my attention to a story out of Houston, Texas, where a man shot and killed his intimate partner and then himself in the lobby of a Marriott Hotel in downtown Houston, um, and she said, Governor Abbott recently signed a law barring hotels from disallowing their guests to store guns or ammunition in their rooms. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this woman, um, it was she was 27 and she was shot and killed by her 39 year old boyfriend. Um, and uh, she had actually. Uh, like they, their relationship had been fraught. There had been turmoil, but she had previously filed for a protective order. Um, and the, there were previous assaults. This ex-boyfriend allegedly assaulted her in the parking lot of a Burger King, causing her to flee to the women's restroom. Um, and Burger King employees threatened to call the police. And so, um, in her filing of a protective order at that time, she said that she'd been previously assaulted by this guy and that she wanted this protective order because she's afraid for her safety when this guy's around. Um, he's erratic and aggressive and I'm afraid of future violence. I'm scared what could happen if he's allowed to be around me. I want this pr- protective order to keep me safe. The restraining order was dismissed after authorities were just like unable to find the guy, which is like, really? That's we, That's what we just do when we just like can't find the person immediately. We just sort of like, dismiss the whole restraining order Mm. especially when there are witnesses and it's like public at a burger king that feels like you know come on there's like security camera footage there's like multiple witnesses we should probably take this seriously also we know that gun violence and assault like assault is is like a predictor of future future violence um uh this guy also spent 113 days in jail after being convicted of an attack in June 2018. Um, this was after uh, officers arrived at the scene and found um, uh, the woman who was killed um, at her neighbor's apartment with both of her eyes swollen shut, blood coming out of a deep cut on her head and bruises on her body. Um, and he was originally charged with felony assault charges, but then pleaded 
pled guilty to lesser domestic violence charge in Travis County. Um, but it's just devastating. And I feel like there are certain ways in which we can look at the laws on the books and sort of change them to, you know, be a little bit more um, hospitable. And by hospitable, I just mean like livable for women generally, victims of domestic violence. Um, one easy one is like no ammo can be stored at, in hotels for fuck's sake. Maybe no guns in hotels would be like the step further that I would love to take there. Um, but then also just like other these other details that are baked into the story where it's like, can we not dismiss a violent assault charge because we just like can't find the person who did it um because that feels lazy and um ultimately super destructive and we really and it's just about like listening to victims when they come forward on these types of things and taking them very seriously because this ended in um a tragic death and it sounds like this woman had tried multiple times to advocate for herself um and was left uh, unprotected so uh, we see you to, you know, it's a big old, we see you to Texas generally, Gre Governor Greg Abbott, who recently was like, we're going to, we're going to commit to stopping rapists, which is like just a beautiful sentiment that he just decided like that now he cares about rapists in the context of abortion. It's just like, you're, you don't care about women. You continue to not care about women. Just like we see you to Greg Abbott. We see you. Um, I have some thoughts on Texas over here. Oh, ah, yeah. Texas has been doing, doing the worst. Um, yeah. So Texas, which has one of the highest um, known populations of trans people in the country and has reported the most trans killings of any state. Um, and also sidebar this year is expected to be the deadliest on record for trans Americans. Um they have also introduced the most bills targeting transgender youth in the country, triple the number of any state. Um, so, so none of the over 40 proposed bills have been passed yet, but Greggy, Greg Abbott, as we've um, discussed a bit, has made restricting trans youth sports participation a priority for their um, third special legislative session. Um, I mean... When you look at the rates of violence against people who are trans in the country and in Texas, and then you look at that response, um, it's it's devastating. I mean, Texas is really proving itself not to be a safe place for pretty much anyone um, with their, obviously, their six-week ban and with all these, these anti-trans bills. Um, and it's just, it's such a it's such a bullshit political move to be attempting to legislate this anti-trans stuff because it doesn't, it doesn't help. It doesn't serve anyone. We, we have the science to know what is true and we have, some of us have the moral compass to know what is right. And the response to your state being one of the least safe places for trans people to be, we should make this less safe mm -hmm. um, to protect the other children when that's not a thing. Mm -hmm. It's, it's evil. Um, it's terrifying to think of where this could go. Um, Texas in general right now is a terrifying example of where things could go. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did just want to call out that that has been happening there, mm-hmm. that we need to keep an eye on it, um, and that it is evil and Greg Abbott is a piece of shit. And um, so we see you two, not to everyone in Texas, obviously, mm-hmm. but yeah. to um, Greg Abbott, to these legislative priorities that are um yeah evil just leave it there we see you it's so frustrating and like oh god yeah just very very disturbing okay um one of my favorite things to we see you right up there with tucker carlson um and mitch mcconnell um is the new york times op-ed section at it again um oh. on September 9th, they ran an op-ed with the title, Texas's abortion law should force America to change its ways. The first line is, abortion is a failure for every woman and her unborn child, a failure of love, justice, and mercy. Texas's new abortion law is far from perfect, but I hope it can move us closer to those ideals. Ah, the highest purpose of human law is the protection of human life from its beginning to its natural end. And this is written by a pro-life Christian, a research professor at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary and a columnist at the religious new religion news service. Her name though, you guys, I just, I mean, this woman, her name is Karen Swallow Pryor. Oh, jeez. So just, just presented without comment, but it is unfortunate. Um, she wrote this op-ed where, like, I guess the best thing that I can, that I can say about it, the most generous thing is that at least she offers, um, she, she understands that Texas has an infamously high maternal mortality rate that also needs to be addressed. She said it's not pro-life to save the child only to lose her mother in the process, you lose her mother in the process. Um, and unborn children don't exist in a vacuum. Um, so to serve them, we must serve communities. So, okay. Um, glad you at least acknowledge that generally the people on your, you know, with your perspective usually like couldn't give a shit after, um, the like life is quote unquote protected and birthed, um, as we've talked about. Um, but I just found this like a very frustrating, thing for the New York Times op-ed to platform. Um, I don't think, I know that we're supposed to let like a variety of views into the op-ed pages, but this perspective is wildly out of step with um, American, like general, general popular opinion and sentiment. We are also moving in the direction where abortion is going to be outlawed probably, uh, you know, in most states in in the country, just as soon as the courts roll back, formally roll back Roe v. Wade, and it's already been rolled back in Texas. So I don't know exactly what the utility of this op-ed is, aside from the New York Times doing what they frequently do in the op-ed section, which is like attempt to cover their ass and be like, look, we present all sorts of different perspectives. And it's like, who are you doing this for exactly? You know, this is like the same sort of situation where they had, was it Tim Scott or someone who was like advocating for essentially like violent, um, violence against protesters and sending the, you know, putting the national guard on protesters last year in the black lives matter protests. It was just like, it gets like borderline dangerous because again, this like rhetoric about 
life and the protection of life, um, you're promoting a perspective that isn't really based in science. Like this is not a viable, like, especially in the first trimester, not, not viable outside the womb. And so this is going to give fodder to more right-wing nuts who are like, yeah, that, I mean, this woman's right. It's, it's a life and it's pretty, you know, should be protected. And this is a dangerous trend in America. It's like another sort of, it like is kind of blamey of women. Um, and, um, it's just, it's demoralizing to me. Um, she also doesn't, I feel effectively, while she acknowledges that deputizing private citizens is fraught with risk, um, I feel that she doesn't really fully address that aspect of the law. If she's going to get into this op-ed about like this being a great start, um, I feel like maybe it's important to address this sort of complete undermining of the way the law is, the way law is supposed to work in the United States, like where we don't deputize private citizens to enforce some sort of ban. Um, And she only points to like one judge's temporary restraining order that blocks one group from suing Planned Parenthood show. And she says that that shows that there's checks and balances in place, which is like, no. And then she also um, talks about, what does it really mean to offer aid to someone who, um, whom an abortion seems the best option and the, the language of aids and abets. And she's like, um, they don't fully define that. Um, and I just kind of was like, you don't really, I mean, you need a definition for aiding and abetting. The whole point is that it's vague, you know, like, so you, I, I see you up there on your pedestal protecting life and like being like, this is imperfect, but it's a great way to go. And I think that you're full of shit and it's not a well-argued position. We're in a very dangerous place as a country. So, I mean, this woman herself, I think is, is, this is not a good essay, but also the New York times like didn't need to run it. So we see you to Dr. Swallow Pryor, Karen, Karen. to every part of that. And then we see you to the New York times op-ed as usual, like do better. Yeah, Dr. Karen. What a name. Um, so I think some a news piece that's been making the rounds was this um, gentleman who died after being turned away from 43 ICUs that were all at capacity due to COVID. Mm. Um, and this is just a... Um, basically, when he needed, um, he needed help because of a cardiac emergency the ER he went to contacted 43 hospitals in three states to find a bed for him, finally found one. Um, but he ended up passing away um, due in part to the, how long it took to, to get, you know, care and that he couldn't find a bed. Mm-hmm. And this is a tragic story. Um, but unfortunately it's not a one-off, you know, we've talked about how, ICUs and hospitals have been past capacity for some time now all over the country and the impacts that that's having um, and the fact that they are at capacity because of um, this steep rise in in COVID cases, um, primarily among unvaccinated people um, who have, for the most part, chosen not to get vaccinated. There are 
you know, kids who haven't, who aren't eligible yet, five times uh, Delta kids are five times more likely to be hospitalized. Certainly yeah. not their fault. There are some people who can't get vaccinated because of medical reasons, but by and large, these um, capacity issues are due to people who are choosing not to get vaccinated. And then you have Idaho is trying to send their patients over to Washington state mm-hmm. um, when we're already slammed um, because, and they don't even, you know, our governor Inslee was <laughs> trying to get a, trying to get them to maybe put forth some public health measures, some mask mandates or something, and they won't even do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, there's so many, so many unavoidable deaths happening right now. Um, not only among people who choose not to get vaccinated, but among people who otherwise, you know, would have gone to a hospital, sought treatment and care and recovered. And these people are dying because there's just not the space. There's not the staff for them mm-hmm. because in one part of the people who are choosing not to be vaccinated and in the other part, the quote unquote leaders who are refusing to put public health measures um, in place in their states. So We've talked about this before, but it's it's such a huge problem. It's just going to keep getting um, worse, I fear, mm-hmm. and it's really scary, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like when people talk about personal freedoms and choosing whether or not to get vaccinated, it's like, no, this is this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you are impacting other people pretty directly when you choose not to get um, vaccinated. And that's not even to speak of the risks to yourself, um, you know, we're seeing younger, younger people dying with Delta. Um, it's, it's a shit show all around. And so this is just a bigger, broader, we see you to people who are able to get vaccinated, who've chosen not to people who have access and who don't have any uh, medical reasons not to, as well mm-hmm. as to the, the leaders who have decided not to put common sense measures in place. And then are trying to use the hospital systems of other states who do have those measures in place. Yeah. Um, so much selfishness and foolishness again. Mm-hmm. And it's devastating. Like how how any dealing with any death is hard. But I, as a family member of someone knowing that they died because they couldn't, they probably would have lived if they were able to get the care that they needed, but they couldn't because of the actions of someone else. Mm-hmm. Um it just adds another layer. So we see you. It's beyond tragic. We see you. It really is. I would have, a, I would have a lifelong vendetta and I would be like, I can't, I like, th- there's like theoretical hate, like bubbling in my churning in my stomach, even thinking about that, you know, that that's, you know, it's awful. Um, all right. So my last, we see you is just, um, so, um, Omni Aganam on Twitter, her, tag is like OG with a little sunflower. Um, so she retweeted someone who was in, um, it, like it had like a TikTok of um, someone in a store and like a high-end store. And you can see that they're pointing at these like sweatpants that have like boxers built in kind of at the top, like sewn in so that it looks like you have sagging sweatpants or, around boxers. And the first person said, they've really just gentrified sagging. I'm dead with like two crying emojis. And um, Omni 
Aganum said, the reason this pisses me off so much is that sagging is the reason so many black boys were frisked, searched, suspected, and arrested, but now it's high fashion. Okay. So, I mean, she said it very well, but I just felt like, oh, this is, you know, this is just something to flag, which is like, there's like, this absolutely was something for years, like, oh, pull up your pants and like, you know, people looking like quote unquote thugs and like, you know, just that whole conversation around um, the way that um, men and boys dressed, especially like people of color um, with their, like with the boxers and having the um, sweatpants like sagging below. And now it is like an explicit fashion choice that you can get for women and men. It's just kind of like, there's so many ways in which, and like things where you see on Twitter or you read about like um, gentrifying and like people appropriating trends and appropriating and, and thoughtlessly taking on other parts of um, people's cultures. And this was just like, was sort of like, you know what? Yeah, that's, that's pretty fucked up. That's pretty rich that in 2021, there's this like fashion line that is reliant on something that was used to stereotype stop and frisk and just essentially like demean um, predominantly, you know, black teenagers and, you know, young men. So ugh, we see you. I don't really know which store that was, um, but I will try to find out and update next week. <sighs> Alrighty, Alrighty tidies. Um, good thing there were a couple contendies. One of them um, was that Oscar de la Renta will no longer be using fur in, in their designs. And that Yay. was Billie Eilish's condition to be adorned in an oscar de la renta dress she looked great it was very beautiful um and i'm i'm personally a fan of that because mm-hmm. you know i think uh fur is uh it's, it's a cruel industry um yeah. and we have the technology for faux fur so if you want the fuzzy look uh you can get that fuzzy look um without hurting any critters so a little fuzzy animal yeah exactly you and i love a fuzz you know i love a fuzz i've got a a fuzzy coat but um and i enjoy it and it's soft but no uh no creatures were harmed in the making of that fuzzy coat so get your fuzz on but uh (laughs) ethically 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 fuzz i love it uh all right. Well, I think that wraps it for us today. Feminist Without Mystique is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. See you next week.